I'm Jay. I'm Chris. And I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, the only show on the internet where you can hear top topics discussed. Top topics. Only the topists. Uh, Jay, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? Hi, I'm Jay Tholen. Tholen. Um, I don't know. It's like a gif gif thing. Nobody knows. I made you pick once. Have you forgotten already? Crap. Tholen, I guess. On this podcast, you're Jay Tholen. Okay, good. I was watching a Rollin' with Tholen. Oh, uh, episode <laughs> and it used the wrong name and i was like i was shaking my fist at the screen <laughs> <laughs> it's i oscillate so yeah i don't know what i have to plug nothing i guess i mean someday you're gonna ship the expansion right yeah we're working on an expansion to hypnospace an expansion pack um not really a pack it'll just be an update and it's just gonna add a bunch of a bunch of stuff to my video game Hypnospace Outlaw, which is a internet simulator. If you're new to that, it's a pretty cool game. Thank you, Chris. Uh, would you like to introduce introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? Sure, I'm Chris Del Camino, and I go by Beak. If you're like demo scene, yeah, I remember for a while you didn't want to go by Beak. Yeah, I made up a new name that was Astor with a zero. When did you make up the name Beak? Well, okay, so my name was, my handle on IRC was Beekeeper. And then mm. a dude on tracks, um, I think it was Subhuman. Shout outs to Subhuman. Yeah, Subhuman. <laughs> uh, I think I was 14 or 15. And like, he was like, that name is too long. You should shorten it to Beak. Oh, man. Is it B-E-E-K didn't, then? Didn't he give you some, some sort of incentive to do that? I know. I was just looking for, just looking to make my way and just try to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was very new. I was going to compliment it for being perfectly of that demo scene era because I could very much imagine it in a tracker, like looking in the samples, looking at the by beak. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you've actually seen that literal you text know, <laughs> in samples. Probably, <laughs> actually. Cool. Um, there were a lot of th four letter B and K names and B like, okay. So there was like Burke, B-E-R-K. And then there was like, I don't know if there was a Bork, but there was a Beej. There is a Beej, B-E-E-J. <laughs> oh, I'm mad I didn't steal this, this concept for the fake demo scene in my game now, but. <laughs> all the, all the Beejes and the. <laughs> Beej and Bork and Burke and. There, I, yeah. I didn't encounter the fake demo scene in your game. Is that coming in the, in the expansion? There's there's some of it in there. Okay. All right. I'll have to dig deeper. You said that this will air in like six weeks, right? Yeah, that's about right. But if you want to plug something sooner than that, I can push it forward or back or however you say it. I can make <laughs> it come out earlier. No, you're, no, it's just basically you're giving me a six-week deadline to <laughs> release the next release that I said I would oh, release sure. like yeah, a month that's... ago. So it's not out now, but um, by gosh, you know. If I can't get it out in six weeks, then... All right, what's what, the name of the album? What could people Google? Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to call it The Lost Backups. All right. Did you did you just decide that right now because you had to come up with a name? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, that I mean, that name had been kind of floating around in my head, but uh, <laughs> I guess I'm committing to it. So, yeah. Beak, The Lost Backups. Nice. So before we start, Jay, I want to talk to you about, I had a dream about you last night. Mm. 
we had met in a coffee shop before the before recording. So I think this dream was because I was anticipating talking to you. Oh. Um, and we had we had to social distance, so I couldn't talk. I was just texting you. <laughs> wow. Um, and it came up that you were like a, a medical denial specialist in a pharmacy in a previous job. And I wasn't sure what that was. So you showed me a documentary that you appeared in where you were talking about this job. You would like you would quit the job it, well, when it was being filmed, but you were sitting in the chair that you had sat in to do the job and holding the tools <laughs> that you were holding to do the job. And the tools were like a pair of tongs that have a sticker on them that, that says super atheist. <laughs> this is very detailed. All the coworkers were looking really annoyed that you were giving away the secrets of the of the way the job works. <laughs> and your job was just to like it was solely to come up with reasons not to give people their prescription. Oh, I thought I was someone combating these uh, conspiracies. Wow. No, you're you're just making it worse. That's probably a real job. <laughs> In fact, I'm sure it's a real job. But... And I'm sure it's well. That's why you quit, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, that place that place was awful. <laughs> and you were certified like there was like a seven letter certification. I don't remember all the letters, but the last three letters were CRD, which stood for crude relationship doctor. And that meant that you were your credentials were established that you could be a doctor because you were dating a doctor. And so like you'd picked up some information from like a shop talk at home. Mm. And the crude part is uh, important because there's a separate certification for if you're married to a doctor. Mm. So that was the dream that I had about you, Jay. <laughs> I feel like I have to answer for this, even though I I don't think I'm responsible for any of that. But you've never been a super atheist. <laughs> no, quite the opposite. However, I am married to a doctor. Oh wow, wow. Okay, you need to get the other certification then. Yeah, I, I need to get that. I didn't dream what that one was called, though. You know, with the economy, the way it's going, I might have to go back into that line of work. I don't know. Yeah, you might have to move back to Florida and go back to your old pharmacy. Yeah. Where all the coworkers hate, coworkers hate you now because you talked about them in a documentary. And we're trying not to, not to give people prescriptions at this pharmacy. <laughs> well, yeah, it saves money that way. They just call me in when someone's about to make too, a too expensive of a purchase, and then I... You got to talk them down. Right, right. Uh, you guys ready for some topics? Yeah. Or do you want to talk about your dreams? I am ready to lord it up. All right, let's do it. Uh, Chris, your, your topic here is I'm looking for ideas for my songwriter's tarot deck. Totally. I'm trying to come up with... Because I'm all about decks, right? Like, I sold my Magic the Gathering deck, but that's really a different kind of deck. But I also kind of like decks of cards or decks of whatever. It's a tarot deck, but it's not really a tarot deck. It's just a, this thing I'm trying to come up with that I'm going to come out with for songwriters. And it's like, I don't know, 50 cards or whatever. And you just draw a bunch of them and you have like a whole crazy cool like prompt mm -hmm. that's super unique every time to get you going. Are you familiar with Brian Eno's uh, Oblique Strategies deck? Don't forget yes. Peter Schmidt. Oh, was it, was it oh, Brian Eno and Peter Schmidt? Yeah, I don't know who that guy is, but that's the name, the second name <laughs> that did the Oblique Strategies. That I'm even more of a jerk for forgetting because it's the only thing he's done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 
one of the uh, early lessons I remember from uh, my years like studying composition um, in college was it's all about the restrictions yep. that you have in place that engender kind of creativity. So this is a way to restrict you and just kind of give some randomness and force you to do stuff that maybe you wouldn't have just chosen if you just took your own kind of normal path, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Did you mention the oblique strategies cards or you've used, used those or? I've not used them actually. No, I just remember hearing about them. They're not like a prompt, I don't think though. They're more like while you're in the process, some direction to go in or something. Yeah, they are like the ones that I've seen or that I remember having seen are like specifically restrictions that apply to whatever process you're already using. I When I found out about that, I remember being kind of annoyed that, that that they were music specific because it seems like you could create a deck like that that would um, be more general to all sorts of creative processes. Totally. Actually, you just gave me the idea, like, what if you could somehow make the deck, I mean, if it was like an e-deck, like generative to, or like nuanced to your genre or your whatever you're doing, if it's instrumental music, you know, or some kind of thing, because... Mine was more towards like songwriting, like lyrical and stuff. So, yeah, it's cool to kind of make it be able to be used in different kind of contexts. Like the same principles I apply to that, I apply to like say chord progressions, you know. So, it's like I could maybe that's something to layer in, like how to make it. Or it could be like just pull some cards and make a chord progression somehow or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a cool idea. I mean, I think a kit with like, no, 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 that's too complicated. I was thinking, Chord cards. You just keep buying more and more. Jazz chord pack. Oh yeah, you have to you have to get the super rare five hundred dollar <laughs> flat seventh chord. Metallica pack. Okay. <laughs> yeah, totally. Or similarly, if you're if you're talking about writing lyrics, like there are certain words or rhymes you're not allowed to use unless you have the card. If it's a foil card, you can sing it an octave up. You could only afford two decks and you chose like analog synthesis and like <laughs> abstract songwriting. <laughs> Make do. <laughs> I like the app idea. Yeah, actually, I think I'm, I'm going to I'm going to pull up Google Play Store right now because I think there is an oblique strategies app. There's a website where they're randomized to. I could, I could just do that, but I've already got this install. Let's see what happens. I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm just installing malware on my phone right now. <laughs> just wait one moment <laughs> while we scrape all your contacts. <laughs> I like the idea of a con contextual one where you, you pick what you're doing and then it tries to replace all the, some of the directions or something like. You fill out a personality survey. <laughs> like it, <laughs> it scans your Spotify playlist. <laughs> yeah, something that had like some kind of a combination of elements that, you know, like because tempos was one idea. Like it'll just force you on a tempo. That's kind of genre specific too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've got, I've got some cards here. One says decorate, decorate, which I was going to do anyway. So that's not that helpful. <laughs> S simple subtraction, accretion. Look at a very small object. Look at its center. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I like that. They're quite vague usually. Yeah. Sometimes they're more practical, like take the weakest thing and and uh, emphasize it. Right. Use an unacceptable color. That's all I do. I'm inspired now. I want to make bad strategies or something like that. 
could be fun. <laughs> okay. Do you guys know about um, the the uh, most wanted music and the most unwanted music project? Yeah, it's two like sidelong, tra- like twenty minute tracks with. They're both not. Even though one's supposed to be the ideal song, I guess, with all the best instruments, it's really not super listen is more listenable than the other one. It's real boring, like because it's so normative. Chris, do you know this project? So I'll, I'll explain for you and for the listeners. Like they, uh, this, I guess, is a team of researchers did a survey. This was in the '90s. They did a survey for listeners for what elements in music that you want, you you like the most, and you dislike the most. Uh, and they took the results, and they took all the most wanted elements and made a song uh, out of that. And it was just like a, like a a bad R and B song, like from the nineties. Uh, that was called the most wanted music and the most unwanted music was all the ones all the elements that were <laughs> most hated and so it's this like 20 minute rap opera with like children's choirs singing like commercial jingles But like, you really can't, a 30 second snippet is not enough to get the grandeur of the most unwanted music. You really have to listen to the whole thing. And so, what I was thinking was that like the boring oblique strategies would be like, they would actually be like head on strategies and they would be like examples from the most wanted music. Ah, yeah. Kick up the volume on that kick drum. (laughs) Right. Uh, the the bad long track you were just talking or the the music nobody wants also they wrote a list of instruments that people hate and so there it's full of tuba and accordion and jaw harp and stuff uh, like that that's an accordionist not <laughs> it's just something that it sounds like this is right up your alley we need to lobby harder <laughs> turn that around well, accordions <laughs> jaw harps too i mean I love my jaw harp. Are you an enthusiast? You got one laying there in front of you? I had one and it broke. I would. Your jaw was too strong. <laughs> Those things can rattle your teeth. Yeah. They kind of, they need to like resonate through your jaw bone. So you gotta, your teeth conducts that resonance. Is that you put the microphone in your mouth? No, you just put like a piezoelectric, or like a pickup. <laughs> on your jaw? On your teeth. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you could get stereo, one on each side. One on each tooth. <laughs> Jaw harps, tubas, accordions, the album. Sounds fun. It is It is an album length song. I was just trying to Google the most unwanted song. Is that just what it is? The People's Choice Music? What is this? Yeah, it's, it's called the most unwanted song. Yeah. 
Yeah, see these a picture of these three dudes. Yeah, they're they're, they're doing science. lab coats and they got a calculator right there. So as <laughs> <laughs> a chip tune harness and kind of that piques my interest. What are you doing with this calculator? <laughs> I gave it just skimmed it here. Yeah. 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 They need to redo that for the two thousand. Well, yeah. yeah. Like it's the people people definitely hate new stuff now. Maybe Weird Al has increased the love for accordion or something. I think that's it. I think that would have to be because Weird Al's got, he's actually made stuff too cool. Yeah. Someone needs to bring Nerdy back. I mean, it's funny, like banjos and stuff entered like EDM music pretty, pretty strong, I think, for a second and, uh, and stuff like that. But you didn't hear that much accordion, didn't have, hear that much jaw harp. Heard some fiddle EDM and some sax EDM, trumpet. You know, some of those instruments have come out of the nerdy stream and into the cool stream. If I may um, promote my thing again, (laughs) Uh, this update that's coming out soon has a new micro genre called pizza style, and it has a lot of accordion (laughs) samples. So look out for that. (laughs) Excellent. If you need some accordion samples, I've got just lying around me three different accordions. Hey, you know, I might hit you up for that. Day one patch. Just play some right now, and then we'll. You can just grab them out of the podcast. Just a note. Okay, let me let me grab this. Uh, Frog fractions to Arg players may uh, be interested to know that the accordion song that was featured on the I think it, I I think that was the song that I put on the floppy disks that I dropped mm. when I was arrested by time travelers. The the accordion on that, on that video was played by Chris Del Camino. Wow. You're hearing history right now. I think that's... Perfect. Can we get just some key clicks? (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. Excellent. Excellent. I love it. Now I'm going to make a VST with all of, with these uh, <laughs> key clicks and everything. Round robin key clicks from a Skype call. <laughs> if, if tomorrow we see a, an ASMR accordion click video with 5 million views. It'll be in six weeks. We've done it. We've done it right. Oh, yes. Okay. Six weeks and a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you guys ready for another topic? Sounds good. Yeah. So, Jay, your topic is, did CD-ROM multimedia programs have advantages over later formats, such as fancy websites or mobile apps, or is it just nostalgia? Yeah. Um, I thought about this since writing it more, and I don't think I was thinking about the format as much as I was thinking about the content and the presentation and perhaps scarcity of media in that like digital media. So everything but the format, because the format kind of actually sucked. I think you had to like click and then wait for your CD-ROM to spin a little bit and then some new thing would appear. But yeah. Yeah, it's still probably faster than waiting for a result from a website. Yeah, now you got to wait for the ads to to finish changing the position of the page 
Um, no, I have some, I have a lot of, of, uh, fondness for these weird, maybe it was the thing when there's a newer technology, no one knows what they're doing with it, but, and so they're just throwing things at the wall, but, you know, there's all these CD-ROMs just about topics, like a jazz greats thing, and you can go click around some diorama and, like, maybe their head, like the jazz greats heads go to sections or maybe it's contextualized like a a recording studio and you or a lounge and you click the you know the pre-rendered rooms and then you can go learn about the history of the jazz greats here audio you know 30 second audio clips and it's just um that kind of thing just it doesn't matter what topic i guess necessarily but where you're just exploring some little world of of some topic that they thought people might be interested in enough to buy a CD-ROM. Right. Yeah, I love that stuff. And like that that sort of thing, you used to find that on the web too, where like it, it could be a jet, here's my Jazz Greats webpage and you could click on Miles Davis's head <laughs> to go like read about hard bop. The, the advantage of that I think is that it's all curated by a single person. Like you, there is a voice there that is consistent throughout the entire work it feels like it, everything's of a piece. Whereas like if you want to read about jazz greats now, you're probably going to Google it and then find, you know, a hundred different articles or Wikipedia pages all written by different people. And so, the difference isn't between CD-ROM and the web. It's really about like how people did things in the 90s and how people do things now. And there's a certain quality, like a higher quality, like to what, you know, it, it took a lot more resources and work. And like if you made a CD-ROM thing about seagull like, <laughs> you know you're coming with like some mana like you're putting in hours you know like you got a budget yeah you've got a budget it was people paid for that sort of thing back then and now there's no yeah. there's no money in doing that sort of content yeah that's true i wonder i though i wonder if people paid for it as much as investors thought people were gonna pay for it because i don't know how well cd-roms really did did they do well <laughs> <laughs> I mean, certain ones did, like mm, yeah. The Seventh Guest sold really well. Oh, right, right. But like, I, I do think that there is a lot of um, the sense that certain things paid 20 years ago or 40 years ago, it really was just like investors hoping that that would pay off. Uh, although there's also the factor that like they didn't know back then that everything was going to go but people would expect everything to be free and everything would need to be mm, ad driven. Right. Yeah. Which I think is a big, like that, that affects how content is made so much these days. Everything being free kind of sucks. <laughs> it, it does. It, it super sucks. Um, I, when you were talking, I was thinking of, you might know of Ishkor's guide to electronic music or something. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, that's, that, that most recent version is kind of amazing. Well, they were all kind of amazing, but like that one especially. Yeah, I didn't look at it enough. Uh, what do you like, or, or what do you find amazing about it anyway? It's just so, it's just so encyclopedic. Like it's one person's perspective on how... All pop music breaks down, basically. Yeah, I find that very helpful. Like, maybe more helpful than just the the plain information somewhere with no bias. Yeah, yeah. He makes it known that this is his, uh, his opinion uh, right at the front. So, it's 
it's kind of helpful to have some kind of anchor or something for how you're reading this and stuff. It's one of those things where like, I feel like the information is so well presented um, and so thorough that I certainly think this happened with earlier Ishkur's guides and it might happen with this one as well. Like those genre definitions might just become the norm because because it's, it's such a mimetically solid, like it's such a good way to get the information that those ideas might win out over like more like factually accurate genre definitions that are harder to get to. Right. Though, I mean, I'm not sure how much that guide has a pull now. Does it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it certainly made the rounds on Twitter, you know, like a year ago. Wait, how long has this guide been a thing? Since the late 90s, I think. Yeah, the first version I saw was like around 2000 probably. I, I missed that. Or maybe I saw it. I mean, maybe I just didn't know the name. You might have seen it. It might ring a bell when you see it. It's a big flash application, the old one. So, the old one is like, it, it's like a a tree of music genres, like electronic music genres going left to right and like spreading, like forking out into all the different subgenres of, of electronic music. And you click on a node and you read this person's description of it and you hear a sample of like a 30 second clip from a song in that genre. Except in the new version, it's the, the fork is like 10 times as the, it, 10 times as big, like they have 10 times as many genres and like every node has 10 examples of the full song. Uh, by the way, Jay, it's, it makes me so happy that you have a version of that for all the music genres in Hypnospace Outlaw that you invented for the game. Yeah, I actually never knew about that either until uh, Zolivir Nelson Jr. tipped me off to it. Oh, really? I had remembered after I clicked it, seeing it when I was a youngster, but um, I, I just forgot about it until he showed me it, I guess. Didn't make an impact, I guess. I think I probably saw it and then was like, I don't get it, and then left, but... Yeah, that's not what Deep House is. <laughs> I don't even think I had an opinion. I probably would have been like, what are these magic spells? I think I was... <laughs> I, I was very... Music was very foreign to me at like 13 or whatever, I better not let the pastor see this. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I'm going to talk about um, my topic is banana variety box results. This is something I've talked about several times on the podcast. You can get uh, a box of tropical bananas from a website called Miami Fruit. Uh, and I got this for my birthday. And it's just a, a, a variety of different kinds of bananas and a, a variety of uh, uh, levels of ripeness so you can eat them over time. And among them are the, uh, the, the Big Mike banana, which is the kind of banana that used to be the dominant cultivar of banana in the 60, until the 60s when some sort of banana eating bacteria or something like a fungus made it impossible for them to grow at scale. I'm actually not sure if I got the Big Mike because they just send you what's in season and they they have like a, a a ripening guide which shows you like, here's a picture of the six kinds of bananas you might get and we only got four of them and I'm not sure which one was the Big Mike. Mm -hmm. um, but they were all kind of like, they just kind of were bananas, you know, <laughs> there was like some of them were sweeter, uh, some of them were less sweet. 
I, I have to say, like, I'm I'm glad I I tried all these bananas, but they were. Not, I'm not gonna like get another box because like I could just eat a regular banana, and also it gives me confidence that like if as has been it's been threatening to do if a similar fungus destroys this cultivar, the the Cavendish banana, we can just get another kind of banana. It'll be fine. Yeah, but you know, there's a there's a forum or something. Where like all the big Mike fans fight against all the, oh yeah, don't oh yeah, don't tr- don't trust me. Like my taste is, I'll I'll eat anything. I hope they're not listening. Yeah, I think they tried to find the one that like we can grow the most bananas like in a week. Then this other banana that tastes way better. Oh yeah, no, that, it is it is absolutely a matter of scale. Do you all recognize apple differences as much like? I think there's definitely differences, but I don't, I can't tell usually. Apples, I do notice a big difference between. I get green and red and I like the green. It's more sour. My daughter likes the red. and So that's the big classic difference. But man, I do not miss those old school deep red apples from like yesteryear. Yeah, the, the, uh, <laughs> the red delicious. They're all mealy and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no crunch. The apples in Germany, this is the distinction. I don't know what's different about the specific apple itself, but I know the ones that are the most popular here, I like more because I think growing up I had mostly red delicious because it's red and delicious. Of course, you know, it's like like a cartoon apple, you know? Right, right. It's certainly the best looking apple. Yeah, that color can't be beat. Was that Snow White's apple? Let's get to the bottom of this. And that's why she, that's why she woke up to get that shit out of her mouth. <laughs> you got your Jonah Golds. Wait, did it put her to sleep? I forget. <laughs> Am I thinking oh, no. of Sleeping Beauty? Did an apple wake up Sleeping Beauty? Did an apple fall on her head <laughs> while she was sitting under the tree contemplating gravity? She passed right out forever. <laughs> <laughs> My son ate an entire apple today, core included. I was very proud of him. Whoa. Yeah. The core is a myth. Yeah, there's no there's no such thing as a core. Yeah, it's a constructed thing. Just get those seeds out of there. I tell my daughter just kind of she'll she'll eat a good amount of it. Yeah. You got arsenic in it. Yeah. Yeah, don't crunch those down and then uh she's pretty much down. I've done it. I've done the core. Doesn't need the stem. I did abandon the stem. So uh, Do you eat the orange peel? No, but I eat the um skin of the kiwi. Oh, sure. Yeah. I heard there's a lot of vitamin C in that. Everyone always says, like, oh, it's all in the skin. Pizza, you know, the crust is my favorite part of the pizza. <laughs> in Germany, they peel potato skins and it bugs me. You never see them on fries. You know how sometimes you have an edge of a fry or you never see them on anything. They just peel them and throw them away. Wow. That sounds like an opportunity. You could uh, you could sell loaded potato skins. The potato is a loaded... I mean, it's a very close to heart kind of subject for a lot of people, me included. I always think that about a lot of things here, but I just think that they have bad taste, so they wouldn't like it, and it w- I wouldn't sell it. So, <laughs> so on on the previous episode, we were talking about how it's almost impossible to get cheese in uh, in Japan, and presumably this is because like the Japanese just don't like cheese, but it might be because they're lactose intolerant. But Winston loves cheese it's not that hard to get a develop a taste for cheese you just have to be 18 months old and <laughs> eat a bunch of cheese so like i don't know what their problem is my wife actually <laughs> hated cheese until she was uh, 17 or 
18 or something and then she started acclimating to it and ended up liking it but i first met her in when she was 16 i think or seven yeah 16 and she was an exchange student in florida and she would not eat cheese just rejected it wholesale no cheese not even back home it's possible miracles can happen yeah maybe the maybe the entire country of japan will turn around maybe I heard a story about how Japan, like Japanese right now, during the whole lockdown pandemic with the whole something about the milk supply, milk wasn't getting, oh, milk wasn't getting consumed by mm-hmm. the kids not going to school. And so, it was on NPR and it was talking about how they're making this like, I don't know, centuries or a thousand year old old school recipe for cheese from milk because the government or not the government, probably, I guess the, the milk producers... Um, wanted everyone to buy more milk and they're like well okay we got the milk what are we gonna do with it so make millennium cheese yeah it's this cheese that's like very simple to make i don't know if you just it's like stir it until i it's very basic but they said that they were making it and so it's some old school like and it was like a royal like a kind of a delicacy type of cheese back in the day so there is some kind of cheese history in japan that i guess was partially revived there yeah i want to know more all it took was the coronavirus for the cheese to return to Japan. Thank you, Corona. <laughs> You've given us so much. Silver lining. That and uh, the seagulls who have um, returned to their predatorial uh, ways and are now devouring rats in It's like killer psycho fucking seagulls. Like, I mean, we were the real virus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You guys ready for another topic? Let's do it. What do we got? So Craig asks, picking the right speech sample for break for the breakdown in your '90s techno. Compare and contrast. I am not an atomic playboy from Second Reality. And ow, that hurts from Balls, the director's cut for 3DO. (laughs) Where to begin with these... I think the the issue that I have with balls that it sounds like the 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 phrase "ow that hurts" in there sounds a little bit effeminate, <laughs> like they might be making fun of gay people. Oh, huh. I thought it was a I thought it was a woman's voice and was oh, just well, a non sequitur or something. May, maybe the bigot is me. Open for interpretation. But I did like that. We, it's so of its time. The balls song. Just all the elements of it. Yeah, it's it's very, very specific. Oh, those chords. I'm just like kind of, I'm playing it right now. Tell us, tell us about the chord progression. I mean, well, you know, it's those chord samples that are like, they just put the minor chord, I guess, into their song and kind of follow the bass line with those minor chords. And it's kind of a t- old techno thing to do. It is, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From the one to the seven, but minor. Uh, I'm very chord 
sensitive, I guess. But uh, it's interesting. They make it work, though. And then you're distracted by all the samples. <laughs> I mean, I know we're, we're just focusing more on the... Uh, <laughs> I like hearing you live listen to something. <laughs> they really move through a lot of samples. <laughs> Is there a podcast where people just listen to songs and then kind of go digga digga bam and like to the instruments but uh you don't hear the song i think that would be interesting then maybe you edit them together maybe you get three people doing that you should know about the um i think it's called legends of rock legion of rock stars if you search on youtube for that this is a bunch of people who get into the i think they're in a studio who watch a music video and try to recreate the song from like their memory of it and watching the music video. Oh, cool. It's really good. Very cool. Legion of rock stars. <laughs> I was thinking something a little less effort, but yeah, that sounds good. I'm I'm just going to I'm just going to link an example in uh, in the in Skype here. To legit to quit. Too legit! Too legit to quit! Too legit! Too legit to quit! Too legit! Too legit to quit! Nice. Alright, so I've listened to 20 seconds of that and that's enough. Yeah. I don't need to listen to all six minutes of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna do that either. It's awesome. I I am going to do that later, actually. <laughs> right. Someone throws down a drum beat and then other people are acapella. So it's a, so they got a room full of these guys, huh? Yeah. I, I don't know, like, if they get together or if they, like, it would be incredible if they all recorded their parts separately and then just put them together and whatever happened, just that's what it is. That reminds me of a one time at a kind of an open mic night. Back in college, uh, me and a buddy did like an acapella rendition of The Mollusk. Oh, yeah. By Ween. You know, Bring forth the mollusk. It's like a... <laughs> yeah. Is that the one with the... Yeah, yeah, the flute. Yeah, it was, it, that was kind of reminiscent of that. But we'd maybe try it a little harder, I guess, and... <laughs> we were actually musicians we were trying i don't know if it had been recorded it might have fit right in with what you just linked to actually. <laughs> yeah just have to well, i don't think there's a mollusk music video no there is it's really? like really it's like a claymation oh it's, my oh. god that's what i would have hoped for it's a legomation oh geez that's amazing um, the tr the synth trumpet solo in this song, uh, it has so many good things to it. The problem with doing uh, Legion of Rockstar's treatment to Ween is that Ween is already funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, it's, it's like making, trying to make fun of a clown. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I totally didn't read the whole topic and I was just thinking about all the samples. Like if I could, you know, rip the mod, like you can only, you only have enough space on your floppy <laughs> like, mm -hmm. to like rip one of these mods full of, sam of vocal samples. And I thought, well, it's definitely kind of quality over quantity <laughs> with these two <laughs> sample sources. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting. Like, like I think most of these samples 
uh, that, that, that were used in techno just kind of came from TV, like episodes of TV. And I really think it's just like they hear a, a line in a show and be like, oh, that would be cool to put in a song. But there was a very similar kind of a, um, for and when they were making uh, Dark Side of the Moon, uh, Pink Floyd produced very similar results by bringing regular people into the studio and giving them prompts. And then they used the the their answers like the in very similar ways to the way you'd use a vocal sample in in that music. So the prompts were things like, "And when was the last time you were in a fight? Uh, and were you in the right?" And just the 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 answers were interesting enough on their own to to become a a meaningful part of like the sound collage. Yeah, I didn't. Re- I thought they were just taken from some radio drama or tv show or something so that's interesting yeah it sounds like that yeah i was thinking of that one speech clip but it's not from that album but it says stand still laddie how can you have your pudding if you don't eat your meat like uh (laughs) (laughs) it's from the wall yeah but i wonder if that's the same or yeah i i I think i guess i thought that was from some from a like a dramatic source like from a yeah a play or a movie or i don't know broadcast you guys ready for another topic what do we got? Sounds good. Jay, your topic is the genres available in the ID3 tag. They look like a 14-year-old just started naming genres off the top of his head and stopped when he hit 128. Where did this come from and why have we let it persist for so long? Uh, I read about it in the... While we you guys were talking about bananas. Oh, good. And they... You know, it became ubiquitous. Like, um, I don't, there's not much of an explanation other than just the way computers work and society. Right. Yeah. But 14 year olds secretly make all the decisions. Yes. And they did try to update it. They updated the most recent update that they, they put out with all these new genres include genres that I would have liked to have picked. Oh, did they, is it, is it 16 bits now? I don't know what it is now, but it has a lot of genres now. But but before you had to pick from always my primary genre to be electronic because that's mostly what I make. But then it's it's not electronic IDM, EDM, anything like that. It's just like you could say pop structured like rock or pop or progressive rock or something, you know. So there's no there's nothing I could pick in there uh, unless I wanted to pick rock as my main thing and then everyone would and then i was like well everyone who thinks this is rock is just gonna hate it when they listen to it and and you know the the electronic list was i think written by someone like one person just thinking off the top of their head of yeah like i'm gonna name i'm gonna name all the genres i can think of (laughs) that'll be like what everybody uses forever They've got Ilbient. Sorry, this genre has been locked for eternity. Right. This is the canonical, like, 20 songs. <laughs> right. They've got Chanson. Yeah, that's a, that's like a French chanson. Oh, I thought, I thought it was a, I thought it was a play on Hanson. <laughs> Chip Chanson. Uh, right. Chip Hanson. They've got Pranks. Oh, Pranks, though, as a 13-year-old... That would have been very relevant for me. <laughs> I had yeah. a big prank library. Our local FM station had this 
character named Milton Fludgecow. Do you? <laughs> I and like he talked name. like this and he like called all the local businesses and really, you know, let them have it. And so I had MP3s <laughs> of Milton Fludge Cow under, and I specifically remember the prank uh, genre there. So I'll defend that one. Uh, one of the genres is sound clip. Very multimedia era, I guess. Uh, top 40 Christian rap. You guys know about Afrobeat? Versus Afrobeats? <laughs> no. No. These are two different genres. Like, you guys know Fela Kuti. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Afrobeat. So, Afrobeats is... It's by Fela Kuti's. Is the <laughs> um, no, it's a totally different genre. It's not at all like live instruments. It sounds kind of like... Um, kind of like a reggaeton or kind of like a dance hall. Kind of like modern poppy kind of polished, kind of more minimally dance hall with i mean and it's like a lot of african artists right it's a real smooth kind of auto-tune kind of cool and it's just pop music kind of african and uh totally different from Afrobeat. and like someone's like no nah, man afro beats and i was like what do you what do you mean because like, there's more than one beat <laughs> i was like wow we couldn't have uh someone couldn't have uh orchestrated this a little better <laughs> I, I guess it's more more useful than them both being Afrobeat. Right. Yeah. They didn't add shoegaze to Winamp until Yeah, very weird, huh? 2010. That's interesting. Luckily they've stopped inventing music since 2010. Anyway, we know now how someone made this list. They listened they, th this podcast episode got sent back in time and the person who was writing the <laughs> the list listened to it. Um, even even still, though, when you upload your music, there's some... Listen, it's either Psytrance or Sybiant. You gotta pick one. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did pick, like, back in the day, a lot of those. I thought, hmm, sounds cool. That's probably what my thing is. And then I just clicked it, you know. Right. You guys ready for another topic? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Chris, your topic is who remembers everything com. Yeah. Were you on there? I was. I was on everything too. We went to a meetup together. Wait, did we? It was in La Jolla. Hmm. Yeah. So everything too is, I, I think it was an attempt to, before Wikipedia, to implement uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Let's just write an article about every possible subject. You can just create a create a page for your your named thing and then write some paragraphs about it and then someone else can write their own definition and it was a sequel to everything.com which was the same idea but limited more limited like there could only be two definitions of something so if if two people had written their definitions no one else could do it hmm. so this is like wikipedia but full of opinions full of opinions yes exactly that's a good way to put it there was no yeah. editorial voice no rigorous kind of no like checking or like any kind of yeah no editorial process but it was cool because like for instance you could look up a topic and it would just be like a poem about you'd be like look up pomegranate and it, it wasn't about necessarily category like talking about the you know all the nomenclature scientific names and or it wasn't like a wikipedia article it could have just been i like pomegranates and that's what i have to say about that 
Right. Yeah. Just like the goal wasn't like necessarily to like, I don't know, have all this. I mean, there, it was there definitely. And I think it evolved more into that direction, but. Did you both contribute, uh, in any particular, uh, areas that you can think of or. I definitely wrote some articles. I I don't know now. I don't remember what name I used. I remember it being a thing where at that meetup, I refused to give people my username and finally like accidentally said it and <laughs> and you didn't know chris that i was named that so like i don't i obviously used a strange name uh for this and i can't so i can't search for it i'll just keep reading it until i see something jim esque and then we'll know yeah i think i wrote a lot about musical instruments that sort of thing yeah, I just sorted. I just found mine because I can still log in. It's my name is Chris J H. Did you write about the demo scene? I probably did. I just sorted by the most like whatever upvotes. <laughs> oh, I just went. I just went to your user page and it says you were last seen thirty six seconds ago. My top post, as I was mentioning earlier, how I'm sensitive to chord progressions. My top post is called "Overused Chord Progressions," <laughs> <laughs> and I rank. It's a top ten list. Uh, do you think that whole list holds up? Or do you think those are still the most overused chord progressions? Um, yeah, but I have a I have a completely different perspective on them. Right. I have a question then. If you take any of these progressions and you just add sevens to all the chords, does that make it then acceptable? Oh <laughs> uh, no! I mean, I wouldn't just consider that different, or like you know, throw in a sus chord or something. I mean, well, the way I view these chord progressions is sort of like. It's like you're standing on the shoulders of giants because like they've been proven time and time again. Back when I wrote this article, I was like, I don't know, I was, I don't, I don't think I was even 20. Yeah, I was written in 2000. Right. I hadn't graduated high school. So like I was trying to avoid these chord progressions. But now that I've heard these chord progressions persist, like, and that people still find them fresh and I still find them fresh on different songs over and over again, that to a certain extent, like I wanted to avoid them, but now I'm sort of like, God, if you can't write a dope song with this chord progression that has like made hits so many times, you know, that right. you're getting so much from that already, you know? So it's like, but if you could use some crazy, like weird complex chord progression, which might be cool, you're in a sense working, I guess, against yourself. It just depends on your goals, I guess, as far as the song and how it'll kind of resonate with people. But I like sevens personally, just to get back to your question. So I, <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. <laughs> well, my thing lately is if I'm writing something and I'm like, gosh, this sounds kind of boring. Then I just add the extra note to all the chords. And then I'm like, oh, I like it all of a sudden. So yeah, it's like a little sauce. I remember there was a, a songwriter, I forget who it was, talking about how their their preferred the trick they love to do is to take uh, an open chord on a guitar and just slide it up the neck and leave the open strings where they are. Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, huh. I remember going home and trying that, and it sounded awful in almost every case, except when you would, um, uh, except when you would slide it up exactly a fifth. So the the open strings were just were were detuned by exactly a fifth and then it sounds interesting and i'm sure like there's some there's some music theory like name for what you just did <laughs> but i think of it as the uh the just leave the leave the garbage where it is <laughs> trick <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i have a lot of stuff like that too maybe or i don't know what you would call it 
there there's definitely names for it but like just little tricks and i'm like oh yeah i'll do that one thing that sounds good where i lower one of these notes a half step and i don't really because i just figured things out by messing you know so i'll do the trick where i raise everything up by a semitone in the last chorus yeah sometimes that's like a physical thing like you're like on a piano you're like oh i just these i put these two fingers kind of closer together yeah yeah, yeah. i made that sound or it just depends yeah sometimes you get the instrument helps you either it's like a happy mistake or yeah i'm still going through my e2 my everything to things signs that your band practice is falling apart um, counting in binary that's uh something i actually employed the other day um i was counting my breaths while meditating and i got to i think 70 something in binary yeah so because i just feel like i needed you know to use my fingers and my hands to count and i'm like i can't just count the numbers and meditate but count my breaths like I'll get, I'll lose track. Like I'll get to some number and then I'll start thinking something. Right. So I was like, I'll count in binary. Well, yeah. I got to 70 breaths in 20 minutes or something. Roland Juno 60. Yeah. These are some good topics in here. I don't know. There's a, yeah. People, I guess are still posting to this archaic old kind of cool. It's just crazy. I like this little slice from. I, I really like how everything too still is, it's still a, a classic web app. Like there's, it isn't like a, the modern like JavaScript program that happens to run on a web page. It actually uses like forms and you load the page and the, the uh, HTML that comes from the server is exactly what you see. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's true. It, they never restructured any of that. It's just epically. It yeah. looks exactly like it used to look. And that's... Uh, it's it's nice to know that stuff is still around. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily miss the, like the GeoCities era of websites just being non-dynamic and and nutty, but I do I do think because it was just kind of um hard to navigate, but I do miss I guess this time, maybe maybe early 2000s where um there things were dynamic but they were very simple still. This is so usable and like navigable it's very nice <laughs> yeah well, that's all the time we have here for topic lords we've lorded out we we've all we've lorded all the topics we hope i hope i didn't lord it over anyone though oh if you did i'll edit it out okay <laughs> i've been lorded over <laughs> oh no uh, don't worry this whole this whole segment will be gone jay if this is something that you want where can people find you on the internet uh twitter.com slash j t h o l e n or tolan or tolan uh is is mostly where i'm where i'm posting nowadays so you can find me there i'm gonna go ahead and take this moment to plug rolling with tolan it's a delight how many episodes of those is it just i only saw two or are there only two there's only two i want to bring it back though there's two of them and they're both really good I want to bring it back. I got to think of more topics. Are those, I mean, we've got, we just covered six of them in this episode. Are are, um, we'll are those like difficult to produce? It was a little high production value. I need to, I need to streamline it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and for, for the amount of work I was supposed to be doing on my game at the time, it was just, it was definitely a procrastination project. But now that my game's mostly done, I... I, I think I have a desire to go back to that. I think that was fun. Yeah. 
honestly, I get, I feel like I get more work done when I'm procrastinating something. Like I have to have a fake thing that I somehow believe is important that I can procrastinate doing. So I'm, I get the real work done. Yeah. It's motivating. Like the, the exciting thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was a, at, at one point I had was talking to a recruiter and I was like, I guess I should talk to this recruiter and like, so I could get a good con like a tech contract job thing. Uh, but I didn't like her and I didn't want to deal with her. And so uh-huh. I, I was so productive for like two weeks procrastinating, writing an email to this person. <laughs> oh, that is very relatable. <laughs> Though my procrastination is usually not, mo- there's no motivation for it. It's just me seeing an unopened email and then I'm like, mm. and then I just have no reason. I just don't want to click on it and do yeah. it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? I do. I'm pretty active on Instagram, Chris Del Camino. Oh yeah, you're you're always posting stories of yourself cooking various things. It's very good. Yeah, I'm cooking, and I have a like a new music Friday kind of roundup of artists that multi genre that I do every Friday, and that's there. It's also like a Spotify playlist that's out there. And then uh, I'm, I don't know on Twitter. I'm uh, I have two accounts also, but uh, my chiptune one is Beak Chiptunes. You couldn't just get Beak. That's a short one, I guess. It's Dutch for stream. So, uh, oh, no. very hot, kind of just very in demand. You should call your website Beekman's World. <laughs> yeah, the Beak is. There's like another artist named Beak. Also, in spite of how to do like an artist separation and all that stuff. But. You could be the new Beak. Yeah, kind of like coming back at you, Beak. Kind of Beak with the, the kind of the murder hornet instead of a Beak. No, that's. I'll work on it. Mur- murder <laughs> hornet keeper. <laughs> what do you do? I keep murder hornets. How would you cool. shorten that one? Talk to you later. Yeah, um, mur- I guess just... Mur. Yeah, M-U-R. Was, yeah, Mur-ho. Mur. Mur-ho. Mur. <laughs> Mur-ho. This is a weird episode. <laughs> yeah, this is... Uh, there's, there's a bunch of good stuff there. I think it'll come out good at the edit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, thanks so much for being on. Yeah, for sure. Thanks yeah, kind problem, Zusa man. Uh, all, right, all right, Chris, you say something cool in German now. <laughs> um, let's see. Ich, ich kann lass ein bisschen tanzen. Ich auch. Ich kann. Ich tanzen. kann nicht tanzen. Tanzen. <laughs> That's a song, by the way, that you guys need to look up. Put it in the show notes. Pocket calculator. All the German I know is from Wolfenstein 3D. <laughs> mein Leben. <laughs> <laughs> you should show up to my German class and only speak in Wolfenstein 3D. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I think I just exhausted it. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com. You can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. 
See you next episode.